Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello again, Sixpackers, and welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, Episode 79. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, never have been. However, conspiracies do indeed exist. Otherwise, there'd be no such criminal charges. What? Conspiracy. I also don't believe in coincidences. Among the other truly stupid things I've done in my life, I was a military police investigator in the Army. I was also an independent fugitive recovery agent, which is the polite way of saying I was a bounty hunter who hunted down bail-jumping felons for money. Both of those professions required using a lot of shoe leather and cognitive skills for investigating people and situations. Any seasoned investigator, whether in law enforcement, private investigation, bounty hunter, or technical investigation, will tell you that there's no such thing as a coincidence. Coincidences are man-made clues that lead an investigator to evidence, and evidence leads to truth. Since 2020 began, I've had my suspicions about a lot of things going on in this country. My first suspicion was, why would the Democrats invest so much time and energy in impeaching President Trump? Even though the Democrats may be diabolically insane, they're not stupid. In fact, when it comes to political maneuvering, Democrats can outmaneuver Republicans hands down. And that's because they're evil and crooked, but that's for another discussion. Then there was the China virus and all subsequent things that happened with it, including the protests and riots that have set America on fire. When I really began to get afraid, though, was when it was announced a new pandemic is headed our way from, you guessed it, China. About that time, a friend of mine sent a link to a video. Like me, my friend is no conspiracy nut. She's a very level-headed and pragmatic person, the wife of a Catholic deacon. She's the sort of person you'd want in your foxhole when under fire. Anyway, I found this video very interesting. Back in my day, investigators laid out all the evidence they'd collected into what they call a storyboard. That way they could see all the evidence at one time in order to make more sense out of what had happened. This video is a sort of storyboard, and that's what we're going to talk about. Can you see yourself making converts? Very few books have ever been written to teach the mechanics of practical Catholic evangelization, something all Catholics are obliged to do. Of the books available, none teach you a step-by-step method for actually cultivating an inquirer, then taking that inquirer all the way to the baptismal font. Until now! Nobody is more qualified to teach Catholic evangelization than Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy. Joe Sixpack has made hundreds of converts since 1988 in small group and one-on-one venues, and 84 of them are his adult godchildren. Consequently, Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, is a virtual treasure trove of how-to resources for evangelization. In the Lay Evangelist's Handbook, Joe Sixpack will show you how to become one of God's rock stars of evangelization. 
what the two primary obligations are for all Catholics that most people don't know. How to begin the journey to becoming a saint. The actual mechanics of productive evangelization. The dangers of nice Catholicism. How to hear God laugh. What to do step-by-step step to win over a convert. And much, much more. Get your copy of the Lay Evangelist's Handbook by Joe Sixpack, The Every Catholic Guy, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo. The video was done by a man who calls himself Joe M. The first thing I always do when looking at a video on YouTube is to read the description below the video. There's often a lot of revealing information there, oftentimes exposing an agenda other than the video claims. That's not the case here. Here's what Joe M. wrote in his description. He says, You're being scammed by enemies of America who occupy powerful positions in the government and the media. November 2020 is the way we, the people, can fight back. Know your enemy. Ditch the masks. Rise. I expect a swift deletion of this video because the enemy we are fighting controls this battleground. I am not monetizing this video. There is a copyright flag on the music, so the owner of the song is getting YouTube revenue, not me. Right now, the country is being torn apart by the biggest political hoax and coordinated mass media information campaign in living history. You may know it as COVID-19. In 2015, as directed by globalist criminal corruption network known as the Deep State, President Barack Obama authorized millions in funding for the Wuhan Institute of Virology, the location now understood to be the epicenter of the COVID-19 outbreak. The research carried out here was to provide the agent for a global biological attack on a scale never before seen, one that would be timed for release within an election year, starting the very day unsubstantiated efforts to impeach Donald Trump fell apart. With their base of operations in the Democratic establishment, the Deep State Shadow Corporation embarked on a coordinated irregular warfare insurgency with multiple aims, all under the global pandemic they themselves manufactured for this purpose. Enabled by their own and controlled corporate media monopoly, they instigated a heavy-handed and unjustifiable nationwide shutdown to reverse Trump's many economic and unemployment gains, with Democratic-controlled states suffering the harshest restrictions in the country. Trump's energetic rallies were halted, hiding from view the surging nationwide passion for his galvanizing message, while Democrat presidential frontrunner Joe Biden was able to avoid interviews and debates where left-leaning voters would not be shown his obvious inability to govern or the emerging Ukrainian bribery scandal that earned his family millions in illicit kickbacks by abusing his office. The next major advantage of the pandemic for the deep state was the case made to the public for mail-in voting, a highly insecure practice proven to be rampant with fraud, just as the public saw in one such example when a former Philadelphia judge pled guilty to stuffing ballot boxes after being paid by what he called a democratic political consultant. 
With a rapidly rising death toll needed to make the case to the public for even harsher control, normal influenza deaths for the year were recorded as COVID-19, artificially inflating the numbers. But this was only the beginning. When this did not yield enough fatalities, the deep state then initiated a murderous plan to defy federal guidelines and move infected patients into nursing homes where the highest-risk age group could be found in large numbers. Deep state governors in New York, New Jersey, California, Pennsylvania, and Michigan oversaw what can only be described as a genocide of our elderly loved ones, even as the quickly constructed field hospitals and medically equipped Navy ships stood mostly empty. This horrendous act cost the lives of over 50,000 people, but gave the insurgency a death toll that would stoke the public fear needed to push ahead with their goals. In these dark times, when people had little else but comfort of community and their faith, this too was forcibly halted when simply going to church was banned across the country under the guise of public safety. Depression and loneliness became the new epidemic, all designed to create the social conditions needed for what was to come next in their despotic plan to fracture the nation and hold on to power. Immediately upon reports of a flattening curve and a reduction in new cases, the mysterious murder of George Floyd hit the headlines. What was presented to the public as a routine instance of racially motivated police brutality turned out to be a strange and coincidental series of events involving two men who once knew each other working security in a nightclub. This event provided the justification for the next chapter in their coordinated insurgency against the United States. The goal was to inflame civil unrest along racial lines on an emotional platform of social justice. Black Lives Matter was funded and designed by the corrupt Democrat establishment to draw crowds of well-meaning protesters into harm's way, using them as human shields while they pushed a savage insurrection on the streets. After November, they stand to lose it all, but they will do everything to keep the crisis alive and the people in fear. To win, we must remember what made us strong, so that true justice can finally return to what is and always will be the most exceptional republic ever to exist in all of human history. May God bless America. That's all that was in the description, and it's mostly what's in the nine and a half minute video. But I think you need to watch this powerful video. At this recording, the video has been viewed more than 793,000 times. You'll find a link to it in my show notes. I think this video is spot on in what it says, or at least heading in the right direction. However, there's a much bigger picture here, and it isn't restricted to the destruction of America. The ultimate author of the conspiracy to bring down America is also attempting to bring down the Catholic Church. I'm going to become very unpopular with a lot of Catholic people right now because I'm proclaiming to you that the grand conspirator is Satan. The reason I say this will make me unpopular is that 22% of Catholics admit to not believing in Satan, but I suspect the actual percentage would be much higher if Catholics who only give lip service to the existence of the Prince of Darkness were counted. 
Too many Catholics today are practical atheists, which means they claim a belief in God but pretty much live their lives as if he didn't exist, and they believe there are no consequences for disobeying him. And they do that because some misguided Protestant Christian told them they're going to heaven because they profess a belief in Jesus Christ. Now, none of you six-packers are like the Catholics I'm talking about, because you've listened to me long enough to know living that way isn't possible for making it to heaven. Not only do Catholics living that way ultimately find themselves riding the express train to hell, but they also tend to disbelieve in the devil until it's too late. Let me tell you from personal experience that Satan is as real as you are. He's not in corporal form unless he chooses to be and God allows it, but just because you can't see him doesn't mean Satan isn't real. Not only is Satan real, but he's God's most powerful enemy. He knows that in the end he's going to lose, but his hatred for God and his creation is so strong that he can't help himself from destruction. Sounds a lot like the Democrats' hatred of Trump, doesn't it? The human conspiracy I outlined for you earlier is actually authored by Satan, even though the human authors don't realize they're actually just dupe patsies doing the bidding of a person far more evil than their plans and plots. Satan infiltrated the church years ago, and that's why we've had scandals like the Vatican Bank and the Peak Mafia. He used those scandals to completely destroy the church's credibility. He also led bishops and priests into the so-called spirit of Vatican II. Not only did Satan use that to make a mockery of our liturgies, culture, and teachings, but he also convinced the laity they were okay and didn't really need confession anymore. At the same time Satan promoted the spirit of Vatican II garbage, he easily convinced the bishops to teach a false social justice instead of the fullness and solid orthodox catechesis. There hasn't been a single Catholic taught the unadulterated divine truths of the Catholic Church here in America in over 50 years. That's not to say all Catholics are catechetically ignorant. They aren't. Many were properly catechized by parents who loved their children and the church established by Christ enough to pass down our rich Catholic heritage. There are also those converts who studied their way into the church. Also, there's that cradle Catholic who begins to question whether what he's been taught is what Jesus taught, so he studies his way to orthodoxy the same way converts do. Once Satan destroyed the credibility of the church and perverted many of her inner workings, Catholics began leaving the church six and a half times faster than new Catholics came in. That mass exodus from the church divided our house, and a divided house can't stand. Consequently, there are attacks from within and from without. From within, there are constant calls for the church to bless same-sex unions, admitting people in bad marriages to communion, a married priesthood, and women in the diaconate and priesthood. Early on, there were thousands of sexual deviancy claims against priests, most of which were true, but now we read about a new claim almost every week, and it turns out that these claims are made either by greedy people wanting to make an easy buck or enemies of the church from the inside. Even when these claims are proven bogus, the damage is already done and another good priest is destroyed. 
Since a house divided can't stand, the attacks from the secular world, mostly by those who lost their already nominal Catholic faith in college, are now coming at an alarming rate. Calls for Americans to silence Christianity in general, and Catholicism in particular, and even make it illegal, with no regard for our natural and First Amendment rights, are being made by radical leftists and even those within the news media. Among the most radical, there's even talk of killing us. As we've all seen during recent years, what the most radical people promote today becomes their rallying cry tomorrow. Can we stop what's happening? No, I don't think we can. Should we even bother to fight in an attempt to stop it, despite that it seems an unwinnable conflict? Absolutely. Jesus never told us to win anything, but he did tell us that we have to stand up for him and his truth, no matter the cost. The good news is that in the end we win. I know, I've read the whole book, many times. And no matter how dark it seems to be getting for the Catholic Church, she'll never be destroyed either. That's a promise Jesus made when he said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we have to stand firm and trust Jesus in his promise. But there's one other little problem to be taken care of, and it's a personal problem. Even among six-packers this problem exists, and it must be corrected. As I've told you many times, you six-packers are head and shoulders above the average pew-sitting Catholic. You think you're fired up and ready to go fight the good fight. But I've got news for you. Sadly, most of you aren't ready. You think you are, and that's a good intention. But it's true that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. No, really what most of you are is lukewarm. If your conversation isn't dominated with topics about God and his church, you're lukewarm. If you're not willing to embarrass and humiliate yourself to stand up and be counted when it matters, you're lukewarm. If you're not willing to go against the flow of the crowd and risk injury or death for truth, you're lukewarm. Jesus had something to say about that in the Bible. He said, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you were lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spit you out of my mouth. We all see the things that are going on around us. They aren't going to get any better. You can sit around all day and say that they ought to do this and that we ought to do that. There is no they and we. There's only you. They and we won't be judged by God for what they and we do or fail to do. Only you will be judged for what you do or fail to do. And there won't be any excuses entertained by God when he makes that judgment. There's no such thing as I was too old or I was too young or I wasn't smart enough or I had physical handicaps. There's also no such thing as, I was waiting until I knew I could be successful at doing what God required. There's only, did you do what I told you to do? You see, age isn't a factor. Neither is mental acuity. And disability certainly isn't an excuse, or I'd have quit this years ago. And success? You won't find anywhere in the Bible where he demanded success. 
only obedience and effort. It's time to check yourself and objectively ask yourself whether you're lukewarm. If you don't think you can be objective, and most of us can't, then ask a friend or family member who you know will be honest with you. Then, if you determine that you're not exactly as fired up as you ought to be, resolve then and there to get fired up. Beg God for the graces to be fired up. If you don't, or if you delay it, the alternative isn't pretty. What did Billy D. Williams The celebrated American artist Norman Rockwell and famed comedian Jimmy Durante have to do with one man's journey from conservative Judaism to the cross. Everything. Marty Barrick has lived one of the most fascinating conversion journeys ever told. In Calvary Road, Marty's biography, you can read about Marty's military service with Billy D. Williams, how Norman Rockwell helped him pass a college course, how in his deep abiding love for his late wife, Marty helped Irene travel the road of sanctity, how the times are quickly reaching critical mass for fulfilling prophecy concerning the Jews, and much, much more. Get your copy of Calvary Road by Marty Barrick today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to the government archives. When was the last time you read the Declaration of Independence? It's so consequential and just 1,458 words. You can read this short but profound document by clicking the link in my show notes. Oh, yeah! Catholic News Pick Number 4 Hats off to Washington Examiner. President Trump says he is creating a new monument honoring the greatest Americans. He made the announcement at the end of his speech during an Independence Day fireworks celebration at Mount Rushmore in South Dakota. I am signing an executive order to establish the National Garden of American Heroes, a vast outdoor park that will feature statues of the greatest Americans to ever live, he said. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 3 Hats off to Catholic Business Journal. Father Stephen Schumacher, a priest for the Archdiocese of St. Louis, was among the defenders of a prominent statue of the city's namesake as protesters called for its removal. Umar Lee, an organizer of the protests, said June 27 that the statue, quote, is going to come down, reported the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Lee said, this guy right here represents hate, and we're trying to create a city of love. We're trying to create a city where black lives matter. We're trying to create a city where there is no anti-Semitism or Islamophobia. This is not a symbol of our city in 2020. What a moron. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 2 Hats off to the Sacramento Bee. Californians are still free to attend their house of worship, but they're forbidden from singing or chanting. 
updated COVID-19 guidelines issued by the Department of Public Health require churches and other houses of worship to, quote, discontinue singing and chanting activities. More tyranny. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic, Catholic News Pick, Pick number one. one. Hats off to Catholic News Agency. The city attorney of San Francisco sent a letter to the lawyer for the Archdiocese of San Francisco that orders the Archdiocese to cease and desist indoor public masses. The Archdiocese said that it made a good-faith effort to comply with local public health recommendations. Why, you no-good, stinking, rotten rascal! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholicism 101 is the segment where Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, gives you little thumbnail lessons to help you better learn and understand the Catholic faith. Here's this week's Catholicism 101. One of the most mighty rulers of the world was the first Napoleon. All of Europe was at his feet. The year 1804 was set for his coronation as emperor, and he invited Pope Pius VII to the crowning. He tried to persuade the pontiff to move the papal throne to Paris. With high-sounding language and energetic gestures, the conqueror set before the Holy Father the advantages of such a change. How well you act comedy, the Pope remarked. Angered by this, Napoleon snatched up a drawing of St. Peter's Basilica at Rome, tore it to bits, and exclaimed, This is what I will do to the church. I will completely crush her. Now you act tragedy, the Pope said calmly. And tragedy it proved to be. Twice Napoleon practically put the Pope in prison. Then he grabbed the papal states of the church. Exactly four days after that move, Napoleon suffered his first defeat in battle. And the Pope, a prisoner, old and weak, knew his rights and duty. When he excommunicated the emperor in 1809, the Napoleon scornfully remarked, does the Pope think that the weapons will fall from the hands of my soldiers because of his excommunication? A few years later, an army report from the icy plains of Russia read, The weapons are falling from the hands of our soldiers. Napoleon was forced to a disgraceful retreat from Moscow in 1812, and the following year he was completely beaten by the Allied armies. In the same castle of Fontainebleau, in which he had kept the Pope prisoner, the Emperor of the French had to sign his own abdication. Pius VII had, in the meantime, returned to Rome amid the rejoicing of the Christian world. Upon establishing the church on St. Peter as the rock, Jesus said, And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, meaning the church. This was Jesus' promise that the Catholic Church would stand until the end of time, that no force in hell or on earth could destroy her, and that she would remain in her absolute purity as a divinely created entity. Throughout history, there have been many antichrists. The very first was the Roman Emperor Nero, who murdered Catholics with abandon in his attempt to destroy the Church. He was followed by other Roman emperors over the next 200 plus years. There were also many others. Among them are Attila the Hun, Muhammad, Martin Luther, Henry VIII, Stalin, Hitler, and today even the United Nations. 
Despite all the church's many enemies and assaults upon her existence and sovereignty, she continues to stand today and in perfect continuity for 2,000 years. No other government, nation, organization, or entity of any kind can make that claim. The question we must ask ourselves is why would Jesus make the guarantee that the Catholic Church would last until the end of time? The first thing to understand is, when Jesus talked about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, he wasn't talking about heaven itself, per se. He was talking about the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church exists on three planes of existence. She exists on earth as the church militant, in purgatory as the church suffering, and in heaven as the church victorious, all simultaneously. With this understanding of the church's existence, we can go back and read the Gospels and see that they have a much better, brighter meaning for us, rather than the confused understanding of our separated brethren. So Jesus made his church indefectible so that she would last until the end of time for all of mankind, all those he redeemed. Jesus also made his church infallible. But why? We can answer this with two other questions. Would a good God who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth fail to provide his revelation with a living and fallible teacher? Would a just God command us to believe all that he teaches under the penalty of hell and at the same time leave us to the mercy of every false and lying teacher preaching a gospel opposed to his? No, the church Christ found that is everywhere spoken of in the New Testament as a divine and fallible teaching authority. Because Jesus and his church are one, and because he is an infallible God, his church must also by necessity be infallible. For 2,000 years, from St. Peter to Pope Francis, the church has taught the same faith in perfect continuity, without so much as a smidgen of change in her teachings on matters of faith and morals. As Catholics, then, we have two primary responsibilities. The first is to obey Holy Mother Church in all matters of faith and morals, because obedience to the church is the only way we know we're obeying Christ. The second is to reach out to other people, particularly our separated brethren and Protestants, in a spirit of true ecumenism. In other words, we have the duty before Almighty God to share our faith with non-Catholics toward the end of helping them into the Catholic Church. The first questions non-Catholics ask is, how can I recognize which is the church Christ founded? After all, the primary scandal of Christianity in our country is that there are about 40,000 Christian religions in existence. So what we've examined so far in this series is only a small part of the proof that Jesus founded the Catholic Church. The next thing we will look at in this series are the marks of the church. That is, that she is the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. In case you haven't noticed, this is a subject I'm rather excited about, and I hope to help you get excited about it as well. We'll continue with our examination of the Catholic Church next week. That's what I'm talking about! Do you have an apostolate you'd like other Catholics to learn about? Maybe you have an e-commerce business and you want to build sales while supporting a Holy Orthodox apostolate. Whatever you want to advertise, the Cantankerous Catholic is your portal to success. 
The Cantankerous Catholic isn't even a year into broadcasting its weekly shows, and we're already listened to in 16 countries, all 50 states, and 101 major cities throughout the U.S. and Canada. Our listener demographics are the most sought after for advertisers. The Cantankerous Catholic avatar is 53% men and 47% women ages 18 to 34. The show's average growth rate through 2019 was 24% per week. And our listeners are Orthodox Catholics who reject heterodox Catholic positions and political correctness. Relative to other podcasts and online advertising, our rates are extremely cost-effective and inexpensive. You can advertise in each show's show notes, in the recorded episode itself, our weekly newsletter that announces each new episode, all of these media together, or in any combination. So contact us today by filling out the form on the Sponsor Kit page at cantankerouscatholic.com or email Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, directly at joe at cantankerouscatholic.com to learn how you can begin driving traffic to whatever you want to promote while helping to support a worthy, orthodox, and hard-hitting apostolate. The Catholic Church is 2,000 years old. A lot of wisdom has gained over two millennia. Each week we'll share some of that wisdom with a Catholic quote. So here's this week's Catholic quote. This week's Catholic quote is from St. Augustine. He said, If you believe what you like in the Gospels and reject what you don't like, it is not the Gospel you believe, but yourself. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. St. Isidore was a Spanish laborer who worked as a farm plowman on a farm owned by a Madrid nobleman. Jealous neighbors accused Isidore to his employer of neglecting his work to hear Mass, but he replied, I know, sir, that I'm your servant, but I have another master as well, to whom I likewise owe service and obedience. If you think that you are cheated because I serve God, you may deduct whatever you want from my wages. Wanting to learn for himself how matters stood, the employer went to the farm very early one morning. When he found out that Isidore didn't begin his work until a later hour than the other workers, the employer walked toward him to give him a strong rebuke. But as he walked near, he was surprised to see two strangers, each with a team of white oxen plowing to either side of Isidore. When he approached, they disappeared. He said to Isidore, For God's sake, tell me, my good man, who are these two men plowing with you just now? I assure you, sir, Isidore replied, I haven't seen any person. I ask for no help from anyone except God each morning at Holy Mass. The nobleman understood that the two men he'd seen were angels sent by God to help his servant for hearing Mass so faithfully. Attending Mass is never a loss of time. God rewards your sacrifices. What you may lose in a material way, you gain in a spiritual way, and these blessings are far more important. Help your fellow Catholic six-packers. They need to be listening to the Cantankerous Catholic, and you can help them find it better if you leave a review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. 
Leaving a review will make it easier for other Catholics to find the Cantankerous Catholic, because reviews cause the podcasting platforms to show up more often. And I thank you in advance for leaving a review. This has been The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.